And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. September 9th, and we are back live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here in the studio. A little rock and roll, get the get the blood pumping, get the energy up. Need all the help that I can get today, I tell you. So, originally... Uh, we had scheduled for the program today. Mark Walters was going to be here to talk about conventions, talk about Dallas Comic Con and, and BigFanboy.com and all of that. He has had a family uh, thing emerge, and so we've had to reschedule that. We're going to bring him in next week. So today, that leaves me bereft of a guest, uh, but uh, no, no, uh, no lack of topics. But I'm 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 questioning whether or not that I even want to get into any of these topics, just because it's just more of the same, and it makes me tired. But you know that's okay. I'm here for you. I'm serving the audience. The hardest working man on YouTube, at least so I've been told. I am certainly not the most handsome man on YouTube. Don't give me a look. You're giving me a look. Mrs. Boss is giving me a look. Um, I have not, by the way, I have not changed the sign. Do you want to hand me some, I can just do that on, on, on the show today while we're, while we're at it. So we'll get a, a live update on our days without incident here. Okay. So today's the ninth, so that makes that makes us for a uh, hundred and nine days without an incident. I don't have a camera set up for this, so we'll uh, we'll just do this. Oh wait, I can do this. We'll go to the bump shot. Oh, that that song just abruptly ends. Nice. It doesn't fade. Well, good to know. All right, so we will take our 108 off the off the sign. What's what what color shall we use today? Let's do green. Let's do green. Green. One zero. Make it a little bit more square. Nine, 109 days without an incident. I'm very proud of that, given our track record. It's one of those, it's one of those things where, you know, it's the, it's the little things. It's the little things in life. So somebody, uh, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the control panel here for the show. Somebody started watching, then stopped watching. I guess they're not too, not too keen on my, on my art skills. Let's add a little yellow to that. For those of you who are suspecting that I'm killing time, you're right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm I'm kind of procrastinating off of talking about anything because it's just it's just one of those things now, right? All right, there, there we go. One hundred nine. Welcome, everyone. This is uh, this is our live 
interview conversation discussion program. A lot of times where we have guests, we can have that conversation. When we don't have guests, I get to opine a little bit, rant sometimes. And there are days where it's easier to do that than others. There are days when I sit there and think, what is the point? Um, but uh, we do have a schedule to keep. We've got uh, we've got things to talk about. I mean, there's there like I said, there's no lack of topics to talk about uh, because this week we had Star Trek Day. We had uh, Entertainment Weekly drop new covers, new new photos for uh, Mandalorian season two on Star Trek Day. Uh, we've got the Oscars uh, shooting themselves in the head with their new diversity in, and inclusion rules. And then we've got, uh, uh, today, we've got the new trailer for Dune. So there, there's plenty of things to talk about. And in a broader sense, and a broader scope, if, if we were into video game coverage more we could also throw in the whole colin kaepernick on madden 21 thing but we're not going to do that because that's not in our bailiwick uh sci-fi snob yes i saw the the trailer today for dune it looks really interesting ish i'm 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 going to reserve judgment on a lot of this stuff because i have learned over the years and some of this you learn the hard way but Whatever the trailer shows or doesn't show, however good the trailer may look, however interesting the trailer may be, there are no guarantees. Uh, as much as we've heard about this particular version of Dune being so great and wonderful and, and faithful and a, a really solid adaptation of Dune, nobody knows nothing until the movie's out. And so, you know, the, the sandworm looks great. Uh, some of the effects look interesting. Um, we get just enough of a tease that we kind of see a little bit. I mean, we don't get too much of anything. There's no real reveals, even though every anybody that's read the book or you or you watch the David Lynch movie, you kind of get an idea of what's going to happen. But there's no hint of that really in the trailer, which is good. The trailer stays ambiguous enough and coy enough with any kind of story beats you don't you get a good sense of what it feels like but there's no there are it, it doesn't ruin the story for anybody that's just coming into this uh prior to the publication of Harry Potter you know anybody that was born after that doesn't know dune from from a hole in the wall so uh the the trailer does its does its thing where it does generate interest and it does look interesting, and it does make the movie look interesting. Now we just need to see if the movie is actually going to deliver the goods. So, yeah, and and Snob points out the trailer for Suicide Squad was was a good one because they you know they played into the comedy, and of course, then the movie had to be re-edited to play into the comedy, and we all know how that turned out. Trailers don't always present an honest depiction of the film or the TV series. It sometimes happens. Uh, so that I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the film, uh, but it's one of those things where I'm like, well, you know, I could, I could see it or I don't see it. I'm at the point now I am of an age and I guess maybe this is the old man shaking his fist at the clouds in me. But, you know, Tenet is out in the movie theaters, and I have an interest in seeing it, but not so much. I don't know if I'm getting burned out on going anywhere or if I just don't want to deal with all of the restrictions that are in place because I think some of them are unfounded. Some. Not all. Um... 
you know, I think with proper precautions, you can uh, get society back up and running and working and let's get back to work and get back to normal. I think some of this stuff is, is hysteria driven by media. But that's my personal opinion. And I think that, uh, I think one of the things that people are, you know, trying to figure out is their new normal. And my answer is, I don't want this to be the new normal. I want to go back to normal. And I know that's not going to be the case. We're not going to be able to go exactly back to normal. But at the same time, there is no reason why we need to completely destroy our country over any given thing, whether it's, whether it's COVID or, or anything else. And I think the, the, the movie theaters are, are trying to figure out a way that they can get back to some kind of normal, uh, ish, you know, even if it's just 25% capacity on the theaters and everybody's got to wear their mask, even, you know, you wear your mask unless you're eating popcorn and, and then you can move the mask, but then you got to put the mask back on. Okay. The, how does that work exactly? If you're wearing a mask, but you take off the mask, then it kind of defeats the purpose of wearing the mask. Same thing in restaurants. If I go into a restaurant, I'm wearing a mask to walk in, but then I sit at the table, I take the mask off. What's the purpose of having the mask? Because you're still in the same air system, air, you know, circulatory supply and all of that. What? what? There's no logic to it. Randy Scribner in the in the chat. Check out Robin Hood, The Legend of Sherwood graphic novel on Kickstarter. We posted a link on that over on Twitter. It looks interesting. Um, as a matter of fact, why don't I do this? I'm just gonna I'm just going to randomly float about today. Let me do this. Let me go over here to Kickstarter and we'll just we'll just throw this up here on the on the screen so people can see it. Where is it? 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 I'm vamping now, so we can. Um, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Boom. All right. So there it is. Robin Hood, The Legend of Sherwood, graphic novel. It is funding now. Uh, $7,000 goal. They've reached 6100 Congratulations. i got 11 days to go. We'll throw that in there. I don't have any vested interest in this project at all. Uh, nobody, nobody's paid me to promote it. It looks interesting though. Uh, and I like the fact that this Robin Hood does not look like Kevin Costner. So <laughs> what? I, I mean, really that's, you know, I, you laugh, you laugh. We had this. Okay. So Mrs. Boss and I had this whole conversation the other day about Robin Hood and about, <sighs> how Kevin Costner's Robin Hood movie was probably one of the worst Robin Hood movies ever in the history of ever. And she seems to think that it's a decent film. There is no accounting for taste, ladies and gentlemen. Um, clearly, clearly, it is a characteristic of youth and inexperience and immaturity sometimes. You think I'm going to turn around? <laughs> All right, I guess I'm going to ask for it now. Yes? I did marry you. <laughs> well, see, it means that there is still hope for you. You cook. That's what that's what it is. I and cook. Your dog is cute. I cook, and my dog was cute. That was that was the only thing. Uh, Randy, help, happy to boost the signal for you there. I uh, appreciate you bringing that to my attention. It's great. Starship Trooper in the chat. I never go by trailers or even reviews. I'm diehard Dune's book then movie fan. I know Lynch hated it. Chatting with Kyle about it. I'm going to see it out of curiosity. We'll go to the drive-in. You know that's well, that's one of the things that I think has probably been. One of the benefits, one of the best things to happen out of all of this is the resurgence of popularity for the drive-in theater. Because from the cultural landscape perspective, there is something about the drive-in that, that really kind of feeds into a certain, not necessarily a lifestyle, but a certain 
era of movie of movie making, movie watching, there is an experience there that you don't get anywhere else. And I have to admit, I have not been to a drive-in because all of the ones around here have been closed. So there hasn't been that opportunity. And when I was growing up, we had, I remember the biggest drive-in theater in Dallas was near Texas Stadium. They had three screens, three three outdoor screens set up in the parking lot at Texas Stadium in, in, in Irving, Texas. And that was the biggest one. And you know, it for whatever reasons, reasons we never went to the drive-in. We went to the movie theater. But now I think that the, the that cultural touchstone is something that it, you know it's good to see that coming back because I think that's an experience, especially if you go in with you know the history of B movies and schlock films and the you know the the blood and gore and the horror flicks and the slasher movies and you and the low budget stuff. There's just something that kind of feeds into that energy uh, that you get from watching this stuff in a drive-in. So I, it's good to see it's good to see drive-in theaters come back. I I might even go and uh, and check something out in a drive-in. My biggest thing is just getting out. I just don't want to get out. You know, I don't want to have to deal with people. And I was like that before the lockdown. I was I was like that before we all went under house arrest. But now I'm, yeah, I'm even more so. Just don't want to deal with people. Uh, Style. The biggest problem with drive-ins was the sound through the box. Did they fix the problem? I think they broadcast to an FM frequency on your car radio now. If I if I remember right, um, I think they do that now instead of the instead of the crappy sound box. So that might give you a little bit better experience in terms of the sound of the film. So you might want to check that out. Uh, depending on the drive-in theater, because you know we had we had for so long so many of the movie theaters, the indoor movie theaters were having to upgrade to all of the digital production systems. I imagine that there have been some technology upgrades done in the in the drive-ins. Uh, some of them might still be catching up, though, because so many drive-ins have been closed. They're now trying to, I guess, play catch-up. But I'm, it, my understanding is that, the, you know, and I know the technology exists. I've seen some of them do it. But I think most, most drive-ins, if not all the drive-ins, are able to broadcast to your car radio now on an FM frequency. So uh, if you've got a drive-in theater close by... Uh, you should check that out and see. Um, Starship Trooper, I'm a big Joe Bob fan. I used to go to drive-ins as a kid in the 60s and 70s. All the ones in New York City are gone. Drive-in in the 70s were great B-movie nights. There's a huge drive-in in Fort Lauderdale. Broadcast is via radio. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, and, and around here in Kansas City, I think we've got... I want to say we've got two. Two drive-in theaters, maybe three. I don't know. There may be more than that. Um, and then there are a couple of local indoor theaters. There's a there's a, a locally operated uh, indoor theater, the the Screenland Armor. Uh, they've basically converted their parking lot into a, a drive-in experience. So you can still do that. So they're they're trying to make those adjustments as well. And I imagine that the ones. The movie theaters that are that are quick to adapt, the movie theaters that are able to pivot, there's that word again, uh, they're going to be the ones that survive. Uh, they may not thrive for a while, but they'll at least survive through all of this and come out the other side with another option. So it's, you know, at, at some point, and, and I think even... You know, when you have the indoor theaters come back full capacity, they might still see some value in doing some kind of an outdoor thing, whether it's a pop-up screen or shoot it onto the wall of the building or something like that, or get, you know, giant giant projection screen or, or LED screens or something on the, on the outside. So you can do 
the special kinds of things, the outdoor events and the thing, and, you know, carnivals and get-togethers and gatherings and whatnot. I think movie theaters are going to have to learn how to diversify a little bit on how they present their content, how they present their entertainment options. Very much like comic book shops in the direct market had to diversify their product because comics aren't what's making money anymore. A lot of these are having to shift to Funko Pops and games and action figures and and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, Randy's Scrivener in the chat, I am too young to have seen drive-ins in, in North Carolina. My mom showed me one with speakers and the grass was everywhere. Yep, that's what it used to be like. You drive in, you find a parking spot next to the next to the crappy box, like Sci-Fi Snob says, and that was your... That was your seat. And you could get out and sit on the hood of the car. You could sit in the car. You could watch, uh, watch up on the screen and you get the sound in. And that was the thing. And, and walking back and forth to the concession stand, all that, it, it's, it's an entire experience. So uh, Starship Trooper says there are only two in all of South Florida. Wow. One in Fort Lauderdale is a monster complex, the Thunderbird. Recently, they were showing movies on a setup screen at Hard Rock Stadium. See, I think, I think other people, other other companies are going to find options like that uh, because movie theaters, as as they currently exist, given all of the restrictions, they're not going to they're not going to be able to come back uh, to full capacity anytime soon because reasons. And I think they're going to have to find those other options. I think whether it's, you know, a pop-up screen in a parking lot or, you know, like I said, you know, the pop-up screen or, or projecting under the wall or they find another facility like an outdoor theater, an amphitheater or something like that, where they can do some kind of a partnership and project the screens. And maybe it's not an outdoor, maybe it's not a drive-in Maybe you go to these amphitheaters, like here in uh, here in Kansas City, we've got uh, uh, Starlight Theater. You've got uh, different outdoor theaters where you've got seating and you've got you've got lawn seating, if you've got actual seat seats, and you've got a stage. And it's not that hard to throw a, an LED screen or a projection screen there, and you could show movies outside. And you could sit comfortably, and they've got a sound system and all of that. So it, it, there are options, and I think people are going to start investigating that kind of thing and look at the different ways that they can do that kind of experience and maybe even come up with something new. So yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it works. Um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be fun to, to see the drive-ins come back. Uh, I think having having that as a thing, it's it's like it's like the resurgence of vinyl records. People are starting to understand that there is value in things that came before. There's value in vinyl. There's value in VHS, beta. There's value in, uh, well, I mean, DVDs, DVDs and Blu-ray. I mean, physical media, whatever that, whatever that looks like, whether it's you know vinyl records or cassettes or DVDs or Blu-ray discs or laser discs or or VHS tapes or any of that. There's value to that because it doesn't go away when your computer crashes. You still have it. You don't lose it when your subscription ends. You know, you can spend $30 and see Mulan, that's fine, but what happens when you decide you don't want to subscribe to Disney Plus anymore? What happens if your account gets suspended? What happens if you fall back on your payments and they cancel you altogether? What happens if... You, you know, something happens to the account, you, you're, you, you get divorced, who gets the account? I mean, it's the little, little silly, dumb things like that. But if you have the physical media, and this is true of movies, it's true of TVs, it's true of games, 
comic books. You know, digital comics are all fine and well and good, but it's not the same experience as having that physical media. And and you look at when you listen to vinyl records, there is a certain quality to that that you don't experience anywhere else. So I, there's there's value to the old stuff. I mean, Mrs. Boss learned that old stuff can have value. So, you know, there is hope. There's hope. A little. A little bit. Uh, they're turning the Charlotte Motor Speedway into a big drive-in movie theater. That'll be cool. Um, Mazarus, yes. At minimum, the drive-ins that until now had existed for nostalgia should now be making some real hard currency. I think so. And I think you'll see some of the some of the drive-ins that have been sitting dormant and fallow and, and overgrown with weeds like it was some dystopian future maybe some of those will reopen and clean up and, and somebody will sit there and go, hey, well, we've got this thing. Why don't we do something with it? Uh, so I think the nostalgia is going to, to help, but I think also this, this new paradigm is, is, going to, uh, is going to shift that direction too. So Boca Raton and West Palm Beach, they've done that kind of thing. Concerts and old movies in amphitheaters. Yeah, I, and I think that's, that's what's going to happen. And then on the, on the flip side of that, when you talk to, yeah, dystopian future, we're already in it. That's, that's no lie. But I think when you, 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 flip the, you flip the script a little bit where you have um, this... I got distracted by the dog. All right, what was I what was I talking about? I know you were upstairs. Um What happens when hurricanes come? You're lucky if you have Gen X and can sit back and grab one of your 3000 DVD subscriptions or get it cost. Well, that's right. Yeah, subscriptions because you have subscriptions to Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and, and Amazon and Peacock and all of these different things, that does cost. It's just like getting cable. They're going to get bundled. You know, we're already starting to see bundles uh, with that kind of thing, very much like cable did. Uh, but yeah, you're, you aren't going... You know, physical media isn't transportable very easily, but it's somewhat replaceable. Unless you're in Latin America... After October 1st, uh, Disney and, and Fox, uh, Disney making the announcement this week, that or last week, I think, uh, we covered this on uh, Salacious Crumbs last night, uh, no more physical media will be available after October 1st in Latin America. So Mexico, Chile, Peru, Argentina, Brazil, they're not going to be able to get DVDs and, and Blu-rays of any Disney or Fox films after October 1st. Uh, Cineform, I think, is the name of the company that has the license to do it now. Uh, but Disney Plus service is about to become available down in those areas. So they're basically getting rid of your ability to get the physical media because they want you to subscribe to Disney Plus, which to me is, I guess the word predatory comes to mind. I don't know. It's... Uh, that kind of thing. Um, Mazur says to have the equivalent amount of paid digital programming now far exceeds the price of old school cable. Yeah, I can see that. That's a very easy, easy number to, to, to do. It's, it's crazy, but you know, it's right now it's a wild west. It is still people trying to figure out what the, what the market will bear in terms of pricing and, uh, and competition. And that's the thing. As when, when you have competition in the marketplace, and this is something that some industries have not learned yet, competition in the marketplace is a good thing. Competition in the marketplace drives innovation. It drives prices down. It drives quality up. Uh, there should be, 
there should be something to that. And that's one of the reasons my healthcare is so expensive. And that's not a topic that we're going to get into here. But my, my contention has always been that you should turn doctors into VCRs. Let them compete for your business and you will see prices go down. Let the drug companies compete for the business and you will see prices come down. There is so much over-regulation and red tape and lawyering and CYA procedures that it does get expensive and people can't afford it. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to get into that. Um Wow, are you kidding me? Starship Trooper says I pay two thirty three for AT and T. Also subscribe to Netflix, CBS, Amazon, Disney Plus, close to three hundred a month. Um, yeah, I. That's nuts. That's uh that's, that's a lot. What? Yeah, we don't pay that much. But still, that's... Yeah, else? Nobody heard that. Uh, no, I'm just thinking because we have... When we got Disney+, Plus, our Hulu got bundled into that. Mm -hmm. And at that point... Let me think here. So Hulu Plus got bundled into... Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Disney's, Plus. Yeah, and yeah. The only, we do pay a little bit extra on that because we have the no uh, ads for Hulu. So it's like a few dollars more a month. But we're still, you know, it's still cheap. And then we have Netflix. And then... Our Prime comes with the membership, so don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. And then we do have HBO, but that came with my cell service. Right. And that's all we get. So, I mean, really, our streaming, if you don't count the Prime, because that's a completely different thing with the membership, I mean, we're only, you know, for everything we've got, I mean, we're only paying, I'd say, probably about... 20 some odd dollars about no more than $30 I think yeah but but the by the time you figure in all of the bundles because we don't have cable mm -mm. so we don't have that we don't have um, we don't have a, 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 a phone at the house we don't have a landline mm -hmm. which probably in the grand scheme of things is probably not the best idea but you know you, we each have a cell phone mm -hmm. Uh, we each have, you know, and then we have all of the different streaming pieces. And now you're starting to see a bunch of uh, free channels showing up on the Roku. Yeah. So you've got that. So you have options in terms of uh, the kind of things that are available as far as watching channels and, and different things like that. And we've actually even talked about making our content available, trying to figure out a way... Uh, once we reach that threshold of how much programming that we've got, trying to figure out a way that we could get our stuff onto um, onto Roku and and Pluto TV and Distro TV and some some different things like that, so that people have different options as far as uh, what uh, how they can watch our stuff, not just on on YouTube. Um, Mazer's basic cable AD is nice. Used to be about twenty to forty a month. Yep, and then you add it on the premiums. Um, yeah, well, my household budget is uh, a lot more than that. <laughs> I let I let Mrs. Boss manage a lot of that. She is uh, she is the proper Proverbs thirty one wife. Um, that's. Uh, I'm very proud of her for all of the different responsibilities that she takes care of and deals with. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, we don't we don't have cable, so that's that's a big that's a big piece of it. 
But I remember when cable was new. I remember when cable was not super expensive. You had your basic package and you had a premium, a, 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 an add-on package for, you know, things like, uh, you know, ESPN and some sports channels and some movie channels and whatnot. And then HBO was on top of that and Showtime was on top of that. Uh, so it was, it was, a uh, you know, you had all of these different packages and bundles. Uh, and then of course you had pay-per-view separate from that. So what was it? Um, in our area in Dallas, we had something called view, view TV, V U E TV was a pay-per-view channel. Um, and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that doesn't even exist anymore. Let me, let me look. You know, this is so much more interesting than, than anything that I had as an option to talk about. I am very, very, very grateful. Um, oh, hey, look. Is this the, is this the same? Is this the same? Look at this. This is a View TV. I wonder if this is the same View TV from way back when, and they've adjusted to, to live digital streaming now. Huh. I'm curious. It's a different logo. Well, the, the letters on the logo are kind of the same. It does look a little bit like this could be, this could be the same company. I didn't even realize they still existed. Look at that. So, anyway, yeah, it was, things have come a long way since the advent of cable, basic cable. Um, so, when I was growing up, uh, Randy talks about how many channels I got. Um, when I was growing up, we had... The three networks, the three network affiliates, ABC, CBS, CB, uh, and NBC. We had a PBS channel. We had, let's see, one, two, two independent channels. And then two more came in. So then we had four. And then another one came in. So then we had five indie channels. And the three networks. And then one of the indie channels became a Fox affiliate. So we had four networks and four indie channels. And then, of course, one of those ended up being UPN. And one, the, and another one went to WB. And so, they, you know, we had more networks. But as, as I was growing up, we had five or six channels to watch. So, Mazers, Mazers, you were in Dallas. I, I forgot about that. Yes, four, five, and eight. You know, four, four used to be the CBS affiliate in Dallas. Eleven is now the the CBS affiliate, but eleven was was independent, and they had their own news operation, which I thought was really interesting because I remember when they launched it, uh, because it was the at the time I want to say it was the only one that w they were the only ones that were doing a new. Uh, a noon news hour, I think. I think they were the first ones. Because you had 11, you had Channel 21. Well, 11 and 39 were the, were the beginning. Then you had 21 come in, 27 came in. 33 was the last one, and then they went, they went to Fox. So, <clears throat> yeah. Four. Four cable channels. Ah, ah, ah. So, yeah, that was good times, good times. So, yeah, but it's it's very interesting to see the landscape changed uh, over the years on just how how things have become different. And and really, it's one of those things. The more things change, the more they stay the same, because we circle back, we cycle back, we we keep coming back. Yeah, I saw somebody quoted Mark Twain earlier today, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. And you don't get the exact same kind of thing happening over and over and over again. But in the media landscape, you get these things where they cycle through. And we're starting to see 
streaming services do the same thing. They're following the same path that cable, cable channels did, cable service did. So whatever the next thing is, whatever that next uh, service is going to be, then it's going to do the same thing that cable did. It's going to do the same thing that streaming services are doing, whether it's, you know, and, and you know, you figure in, we haven't even talked about satellite TV because satellite TV came in in the, in the middle of all of that as well. And it did the same kind of thing. Satellite was just a different way to get cable. But you had your bundles and your packages and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. I think also that there is a proliferation now, and we became aware of it here a few years ago when we did uh, when we did our live stream. From did we did we partner with Twenty Five for Worldcon? Did we did okay? Because I know we did for Planet Comic Con. There is a low power TV station here, TV Twenty Five, which has uh, because Randy mentions an antenna. There are a lot of low-power TV stations that are not as strong of a signal, not as big of a market, not as big of a broadcast radius, but they're able to transmit uh, their programming to an actual section of the population that has antenna TV. And uh, we partnered up with TV25 here. They're in three markets. They're in Topeka, the Lawrence area, and one other. Fort Riley, I think. Where do they say they were? There's, there's, three, there's three different markets where they can broadcast. And that gives you the options of... That gives you the options of both broadcasting online through a streaming service, whether it's YouTube or, or a, an actual streaming service, depending on your channel, uh, or Twitch or BitChute or, you know, Vimeo Live or whatever's got a live option, Facebook Live, and doing something over the air where people actually have an antenna and they turn the channel and there you are. And we're thinking about stuff. You know, we, we're constantly looking at different options, different ways to get people in front of our programming because I hate YouTube. Absolutely, absolutely, unequivocally, without a doubt, without hesitation, I will tell you any opportunity that I get, I hate YouTube. Cannot stand this platform because of, I mean, let me qualify that. It is a good option for getting a signal out to people. It's a platform that we can use to put our programming in front of an audience. But beyond that, it is garbage. I have this channel set permanently and across the board definitively Hold all comments for review. No matter what our videos are, whether it's a live shot or an upload, I have the entire channel set. Hold all comments for review. And last night, uh, just last night alone, I had to delete four spam bots that hit the same video in a course of about 30 minutes. And there was another one this morning. And... It's all, I can even show you what the, what, the, what the whole thing looks like because this is, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Um, I'm going to show you this very briefly because this is annoying, all right? These are the channels that are pop, popping in and, and spamming us. And they're all, they all look like Chinese channels of some sort here's one disguised as a children's channel but this is all you know they leave these comments that oh hey we love this or i'm lonely or it's about about you know so just with some stupid little comment with a bunch of emojis and we keep reporting these channels and we keep i've got them I've, i i went through and i blocked all of these channels so maybe maybe 
it'll reduce the number of incidents. But it's it's one more thing that I got to deal with. Um, <laughs> Sci-Fi Snob says, consider yourself lucky enough and big enough to get spammed. I wish I was big enough to get spammed. I if it was spam in a can, uh, what, what's that? What's that? Uh, that Monty Python skit? Spam, 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 spamity spam. I don't like it because it it takes away from other things that we have to do, uh, other responsibilities that I've got. Because I have essentially, I don't want to say I'm a one man operation. I'm not. I I'm not the only one doing anything here. But I do cover the majority of of responsibilities in terms of the production of things. And so, you know, all of the marketing art, all of the channel art, all of the video production, that all centers right here in the hub. And if I'm having to deal with the spam bots for an hour a day, then that's an hour a day that takes me away from editing video or recording an interview or, or something like that. So... Um, Randy suggests, uh, do a, a Roku channel. That is something that we've been looking at. Uh, my biggest, uh, concern, I guess you could say, uh, one of the things that I'm looking at, uh, for that is having enough content to make it worthwhile that we can put that stuff out on the channel because we have the live shows that are following a schedule, but if we really put numbers to it, is uh, making sure that we have enough content to justify being on a channel because we're only doing one or two live shows per day and it's only an hour or two at a time. So I don't think we're quite there yet. I think if we can get to a point where we can do something similar to what the CW did when they started. And they kind of still do this where you're, you're a limited number of nights and you have a, a block of hours every night that you're network programming. And that leaves all of the rest of the time for your network affiliates to program syndicated programs and whatnot, where you, we could figure out, okay, from seven to 10 Monday through Thursday, just as an example, we could have our programming block and you know that's what you're going to do. And then the rest of the time we could broadcast older stuff maybe. Um, I really kind of, I really like what DragonCon did this weekend. If you go back and look at, at uh, DragonCon's live stream stuff, they had three tracks, they had three channels, and it's exactly what I was hoping to do when we launched our Indiegogo crowdfunding project to build our own channel. I looked at Dragon Con and said, that's exactly what I had in mind. Where you have the live panel discussions of the things that were going on current year, and then you had a fan track where you could have, you know, people like cosplayers and, and people that are talking about their various random different things. And then you had the historical stuff, the 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 DC TV land, as they branded it, that ran video from all of the different old Dragon Cons, the past Dragon Cons. So all of your panel video from previous years was in that track. And they had the little interstitials of the logos of the branding and, and that kind of thing. And it's exactly what I had in mind when, when we launched our Indiegogo, which didn't do what I wanted it to do. We're going to regroup. We're going to figure something out. But right now we're in the process of building our programming schedule, our programming grid, so we have enough content that when we do talk to somebody like Roku or Pluto TV or Distro TV or whoever else is out there, that we have enough new content in addition to all of our previous existing content that we can justify doing that kind of thing. Because somebody's going to have to manage it. Somebody's going to have to push the buttons and say, okay, hit play and, and hit stop and hit play over here and hit stop over here. And so that logistic, uh, the logistical side of things, we still need to figure out. But at some point, one of these days, that's the goal. Mazarus, I see you giving a signal boost on Twitter, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it does. It, it's, it doesn't take very long. It's, uh, you know, 
click a button and click a button. So I, I appreciate all of the, all of the help that we get from the people who, who share our channel and share the signal. One of these days, uh, we'll have enough manpower here that we can manage all of this and, and get all of the things going that I want to get going. We've got, you know, I've got ideas for shows that we're not able to do yet. Um, That was weird. OBS just decided to disconnect and then reconnect. So, if you saw, if you saw, you saw a hiccup. Am I back? Are we back yet? I don't know what that was. I've got all of the stream settings where YouTube tells me to set them. So. Sci-Fi Snob, uh, I've offered to send you a sticker. So, <laughs> so. Do I? I know, I know, I know, I know. But see, when I email the sticker, then you're going to have to go through the effort of printing it out on sticker paper so you can have your own sticker. I mean, we we do all of that work for you. All you got to do is just send it to you, and then you have it, and it's done. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's that's the other thing Mrs. Boss just pointed out. If I send a sticker through the email, it'll get stuck in your email. Right? Speaking of, if you do want a sticker, you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope to us, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030, and we will send you a sticker. And that also applies if you have something that you want to send us for review. Uh, if you've got a book, if you have a comic book, if you have not not a video game because we don't have any gaming consoles here, but a book, a graphic novel, uh, if you've got a movie or a short film or something you want us to review, uh, there is that option as well. Or you can send us a link if you've got something online. So what? You can send us fan art. Uh, you can send us you can send us uh, Funkos to add to our collection. I mean, if you want to if you want to shower us with gifts, that's fine. Oh, speaking of which, um, where did I put it? Let me look here because this is something that I have uh, let Mrs. Boss know uh, is something to be added to the Christmas list. Let's see if I can throw this up here real quick. It is a Battlestar Galactica model. <laughs> this is this is so impressive. This is so impressive. This is so good. Eleven hundred dollars for this thing. It is, uh, I think, three no five feet long, two feet wide. It is, uh, you build it in pieces, but it is the Battlestar Galactica. This is from a company called Monado. And it is huge. However, the trick is, the, the trick is, it doesn't come with instructions. Apparently, you have to download those separately from something else, or you gotta buy them or something, but... This is a this is a thing that's coming. I wish we had one. Anybody wants to send us one, uh, we'll we'll figure out the instructions. If anyone wants to foot the bill. Oh yeah, the cantina is another option. Is that is that another thing that we can we can do? That came out uh, this week. Here, let me get to it. Um, The new, the new Lego Master Builder Cantina set. It is almost 3,200 pieces. 21 minifigures. Well, yeah. I mean, just, just the, the, the minifigures alone. Look at these. These are very impressive. And, and come to find out, the, this, uh, this booth where Han Solo and Greedo could sit, those are ejector seats, and you can decide who shot first. It's very impressive. And, of course, all of this stuff comes out as Star Trek Day is going on. And, uh, of 
crashing and burning for the most part. There are some videos in Star Trek Day that have fewer views than we have number of subscribers. And it's the breakout videos. It's the little snippets. I get that. Um, but the the view counts on the Star Trek Day videos are not impressive. And they are higher for Next Generation and Enterprise panels than for most of the other stuff, which is very telling. Um, and it's and and the panel for original series, which was just George Takei and Will Wheaton, sixteen hundred views, not a lot. I mean, that's barely more than than the number of subscribers that we have here. Now, it is it is still more viewers than we have right now. I'm showing that there's seven people watching. So, and one of them is Mrs. Boss. So there's six, six out there watching, which is fine. I mean, I'm glad that you're all here. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to complain about the audience that we do get. You know, it's like, it's like Charlie Daniel said, you play to the, you play to the seats that have people in them. You know, you don't play to the empty seats. So we're here for the people that actually show up, whether you're subscribers or not is irrelevant to me. I appreciate the fact that you're actually taking the time to be here. And whether it's live or it's in playback or, you know, if you're listening to this as a podcast, we're glad you're here. Uh, and those of you who share links to our programming and tell other people about it, we very much appreciate that. That kind of support is, is incredibly valuable to us for, Many reasons, not the least of which is the fact that we don't have the money to uh, to actually promote and, and buy advertising. We've got all these plans. We've got tons of plans. And, and actually, if, you got, if you've got the $1,100 to spend on that Battlestar Galactica model, I can think of better ways to spend that to promote our channel. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sad, but... My my whole thing in in terms of what kind of money do we have to spend is all oriented toward a couple of different things. Uh, online promotions, whether it's Facebook ads or Blip. Uh, Blip is a service where you can buy digital billboards out in the city. Um, we did that in Atlanta one year during Dragon Con. We didn't get any traffic from it. But, you know, buying ads in alternate comics publications, for example. Uh, I think somebody mentioned Peter Smitty earlier. And we've run ads in, here, in, in his books before. We may do it again. We're talking about it. Uh, we've got another program coming up, uh, a special presentation that we're working on uh, for October uh, with uh, walking and rolling costumes, which... We're not we're not going to get into details on that yet because we're still putting it together. But we have some other things planned, and you know we we constantly are talking about the fact that we have so much good content, we have so much talent in our staff, and they deserve the attention. They deserve awareness, and uh, they deserve for people to see what we're what we're putting together. So, you know, a lot of that has to do right now, we're relying on word of mouth. We're relying on link shares and interactions and comments and retweets and, and likes and, and whatnot. So any of that that you all are willing to do to help us out, that, you know, we're, we're never going to uh, begrudge you that we're not going to sit there and say, "Well, you have to do that." You're not obligated. We we are eternally grateful uh, for anybody that that supports this channel in whatever way you want to support the channel. I mean, even just by showing up, that's that's a lot. So thank you for being here. Um, in that in that vein, let me tell you about our uh, negotiated discount. Uh, over at SuperheroStuff.com, we set something up so you could save some money on stuff. So you use your discount code sci for me 10 when you check out after you buy your stuff, and you'll save you'll save 10% off. And that can be used in combination with other sales. Uh, I think they've got some stuff going on now 
they did a Labor Day thing, and they've got new new product that rolls out all the time. They've got a bunch of Star Trek uh, swag, but you know, Star Trek, Godzilla, Walking Dead, um, uh, Star Wars, you know, DC Comics, and Marvel Comics, and Doctor Who, and that kind of thing. So you check all all of that out. They're constantly changing what they've got available. So uh, you can save 10% off there. We do have a Subscribestar account set up, but it, there's really not a whole lot of activity there yet. We've got a PayPal tip jar. There's different ways that you can help us out. But the biggest thing is helping us spread the word and, and putting, putting links out and, and telling people about us, telling people that we're here, we're here, we're here. You know, we're, we're those little who's that are sitting there going, we're here. Uh, Horton heard us. Horton heard the who. We need other people to hear the who. So, look at that. We've gone an hour. And I was able to talk about something that actually was interesting. And I didn't have to talk about the Oscars. And for that, folks, I am grateful. We may, um, we may talk about it on... Uh, on a future H2O podcast, maybe. Uh, just because it's probably something that Tim and I are not going to agree on 100%. But it might... It might surprise you. Uh, I don't... It, it may... Um, I don't know. It... Uh, hang on here. Mazur says, I'd grow my channel, but a bigger audience always scares me. A bigger audience usually means more jerks in proportion to all the great people you get. I'm weird that way. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. Kickstarter's down? How did, how did that happen? Hang on, no. Kickstarter's not down. That was weird. Huh. I wonder what happened there. Kickstarter just decided to hiccup. Um, so let me throw this up one more time. Robin Hood, The Legend of Sherwood, graphic novel number one, now funding over on Kickstarter. I'll just, I'll, I'll give it a signal boost. And, uh, if you have anybody that you would like to suggest, uh, we invite as guests, uh, we are certainly open to that as well. You can send us that feedback through an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me TV. Uh, or you can throw a comment, or you can uh, send us messages through social media. We're on a lot of the social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Pinterest is our all-cosplay thing. I, I'm not over there very much, uh, but that's our cosplay-focused social media. And it seems to do pretty well. Uh, we've got various different uh, boards over there that we collect images for um, uh, costume tutorials and prop tutorials and photo galleries that you could use for inspiration. Oh, I like that costume. I'll try that. So that's a it's a it's a fun little bit for us on the side, and uh, we'll continue to book guests here. Uh, some of the people that we've had so far, if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen already, we've had Joe Haldeman on. We've had uh, Mercedes Lackey. Uh, we've had Jim Remar from the Kansas Cosmosphere. Uh, Clint Stoker, uh, who's um, crowdfunding a new graphic novel called Fatal uh, that he's doing with Charlie Snogans. We've had Peter Smetty on. We've had Mitch Breitweiser, uh, David Levine. We've talked to a number of different people. And it's a broad spectrum of, of guests. So we've got some... We've got some interesting ones lined up. Some people who have said yes, they'll come on and talk. As it was just a matter of getting things scheduled. And like I said, we were supposed to have Mark Walters on here this uh, today. We're going to reschedule that to next week and have him on. He's still looking forward to talking about comic cons and conventions in the current uh, climate of of things, what are going on. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. Writer Jeff Messer. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to write this down. Let me get a let me get a thing. Writer Jeff Messer is the um, oh uh, Jeff Messer is on uh, is on that is on that comic book is on that uh, Robin comic book right Randy? I will I will add his name to the list. 
All right. Thank you very much for that suggestion. And thank you for being here today. Uh, we just dropped episode 99 of our Star Wars news program, uh, Salacious Crumbs, which is now uh, now playing here. Uh, and uh, you can see that here on Sci-Fi For Me TV. That runs at uh, 8 p.m. Central on the second and fourth Tuesdays of every month uh, in the full weeks. And so we've just got a brand new one out. And on the next episode, 100, we're going to do it live. We're very much looking forward to that. And then uh, this weekend uh, on Friday, we have the Ranker Pit. And uh, then, of course, Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday morning. And tomorrow, we don't have a guest lined up here yet. But, uh, you know, anything can happen between now and then. So we will be back in 23 hours. Thanks very much for being here, everyone. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.